0: You're listening to episode two of the Raise Your Hand Motherhood Podcast.
1: I think I've struggled so much with mom guilt and clearly I've learned very quickly that so does every other mom in the whole world. (laughs) And I think so many of us because we think that we're failing at this. And so for me, that's a huge part of what I wanna do. And it sounds like what you wanna do too is like to let moms know that they're not failing, like that this is just really hard and that doing your best is enough.
0: Welcome to the Raise Your Hand Motherhood Podcast, a place where you just might find or hear a tiny piece of your motherhood reality. I'm your host, Raylan Minka, an educator, writer, and emotionally frazzled toddler mom. If you've ever felt lonely in your motherhood journey or asked yourself, am I the only one experiencing this? Then you, my friend, are in the right place. Each episode focuses on a different but common motherhood struggle where we discuss the ups, the Downs, and the WTFs with moms from all around the world. So whether you're stroller pushing and podcasting yourself around the neighborhood, waiting at the doctor's office for your next fertility treatment, or listening with a well-deserved glass of wine at the end of another full day of motherhood, welcome. I hope you can relate to some of what you hear in today's episode, and get ready to raise your hand if you do. Hey friends, and welcome to episode two of the Raise Your Hand Motherhood podcast. I'm your host, Raylan Minka, and today we're going to be deep diving into an extremely common motherhood struggle, mom guilt. We'll talk about where it comes from, what we can do to shake it or shut it up, and we'll share some of the strangest reasons that we've all felt it. Later in the episode, I'll share my interview with a multi-talented mompreneur named Mary Catherine Starr. She recently went viral on Instagram after a feature in Huffington Post for her refreshingly honest and extremely relatable Instagram account, Mom Life Comics. I swear to God, she illustrates your loudest inner mom thoughts, and I'm just so excited for you to start following her if you don't already. Back in the early stages of creating the podcast, I sent out a survey asking moms to read through a huge list of topics and select all the ones that they most related to as a mom. Half of all the women who responded said that they experience regular mom guilt. How many times this month, this week, today, have you wondered if you were good enough, doing enough, measuring up to that impossibly high standard of parenting that social media has us believing is possible? I know I'd be lying to you if I said I didn't think about some of these things on a daily basis. An article I found online described mom guilt as that pervasive feeling of not doing enough as a parent, not doing things right, or making decisions that may mess up your kids in the long run. Mom guilt is the shoulds, the supposed tos, and the other moms are clanking around in your head as you try to make it through the day. It can have many origins, from personal insecurities to outside pressures from family, friends, social media, and other sources. Why do we do this to ourselves? Why do we focus in on the negatives and let them outshine all the joys and the pride and the self-high-fives we should be giving ourselves on a daily basis? We just spend so much time trying to live up to unrealistic expectations or worrying about what other people think about the way we're raising our children— We let ourselves fall so easily into the comparison trap of measuring our lives against others and thinking we need to be more of this or do less of that for our kids. I was doing some writing a few months back and I wrote the following. What if I could teach my son how to be gentle with others and at the same time learn how to be gentler with myself? What if I could dig deep and find patience for myself in the good moments and the not-so-good moments the same way I dig deep and find patience for my son in his? What if I could just allow myself to have regressions and leaps the same way my son does as he experiences incredible growth, change, and development? Just think about it. We give our children the chance to fall, to fail, to make mistakes and learn from them over and over and over again. And yet, we often give ourselves as mothers zero allowance to do the same without beating ourselves up for it afterwards. Why are we supposed to have it all figured out? Motherhood is difficult. It's a challenging job that can be extremely rewarding, of course, but the goal should never be to strive for perfection, because it doesn't exist. Just ask the perfect moms that you know, and they'll tell you it doesn't exist. Unfortunately, mom guilt doesn't come with a simple on and off switch. It takes work to reprogram our brains and our thought patterns to teach ourselves to say, I'm allowed to fall, to fail, to make mistakes, instead of saying, I'm a bad mom. Hey mamas, just out for another stroll with my son in the stroller, enjoying the sweater weather that we're getting in in my city here in Germany. It's been such a gray, rainy winter, like Vancouver on steroids. But yeah, anyways, I thought for some stroller thoughts today I would share the many ways in which I have felt bum guilt in the last week. So, let's just jump right in many anyways let me see i felt mom guilt for not having the right crayons for my son i felt mom guilt or maybe just guilt and i am a mom for not bringing in an income it stresses me out i don't know about you all i felt mom guilt for spending time working on some of my own projects while my son is playing uh a little bit of mom guilt for not giving my son enough vegetables or myself maybe for that matter um Yeah, maybe just a little bit of mom guilt for wanting a morning alone to just do, I don't even know, nothing. (laughs) And that's it. How about you all? Any mom guilt this week? So, what are some of the things that we can start to do to shut out or shut up mom guilt? Well, number one, we can take a breath or take a moment or an hour, or maybe an afternoon. The point being, we can try to schedule time for ourselves, because when we're exhausted, or frustrated, or fresh out of patience, we're more likely to react or respond to issues in a not-so-healthy way, and we'll likely beat ourselves up for it later. Number two, we can find our community, our support people, or our support person. We can surround ourselves with friends and family who are not going to judge us for X, Y, or Z, and we can say goodbye to those people that will. Number three, we can do our best to not perpetuate the issue. And by that, I mean try not to do, say, or post things that make other mothers feel guilty about not being enough. And lastly, number four, we can ask for help. From that supportive group of friends or from a professional, If you're struggling, seeking out a counselor or therapist might be one of the best decisions you ever make for yourself. My guest today is Mary Catherine Starr. She's a 37-year-old mom of two young children aged 5 and 2, and a graphic designer, artist, illustrator, and yoga teacher who lives on Cape Cod, Massachusetts. She fills most of her free time creating comics and illustrations about mom life, marriage, and overwhelm. I'm not even sure when exactly I jumped into Mom Life Comics on Instagram. It might have been suggested to me on my Explore page. All I know is it was an immediate follow on my part. It's just so relatable. Mary Catherine basically illustrates my thoughts. The loud ones and the ones that I try to push down because they give me too much mom guilt. Speaking of mom guilt which we will, I recently reposted a comic she created about just that, based on thousands of responses she received from women all around the world struggling with it in a variety of different ways. Mary Catherine recently had a few of her comics go viral, and as a result, her audience has grown dramatically in size, as has her platform for sharing with other mamas out there. Today I'm going to be talking with Mary Catherine about her entry into motherhood, the struggles she faced in that first year, and what has helped her through the tougher moments and periods. We'll talk about the many different business hats she wears and how motherhood has played a role in this current season of life. And finally, we'll get into how her Instagram account, Mom Life Comics, originated and what, if anything, has changed or been affected since going viral. So let's welcome Mary Catherine to the show. Mary Catherine, first of all, thank you so much for joining us on the Raise Your Hand Motherhood podcast. There's so much I want to talk to you about, so let's just get right into it. Okay, I've done a lot of Google researching and I just want (laughs) to sort of set this up by telling the listeners what I've gathered about you. So, number one, you're a superhero. And by that, I mean, you have (laughs) two children under the age of five or under the age of six. Under the age of six, yeah. yeah. And um, by the sounds of it, you've spent a lot of the last six years running on little to no sleep. Yes. Um, so <laughs> doing your motherhood superhero duties, for sure. Um, you are an entrepreneur in so many different ways. I'm going to need you to tell me how you keep that going. I don't understand um, how you have time for anything. And you also run a not-so-tiny Instagram account called Mom Life Comics that mm-hmm. recently went viral. And I think in the last month or a couple of months, you've seen your audience grow from from about 10,000 to well over 180,000. So yeah. That's a trip and yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I have so much um but let's just jump right in. So That's good. This podcast, the Raise Your Hand Motherhood podcast, is a podcast about the common struggles and challenges of motherhood. And I want to start off by talking about your experience and entry into motherhood. So can you tell me a little bit more about your first pregnancy and the birth of your first child? And we'll start off there.
1: Yeah, yeah. So well, thank you for having me. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, my pregnancies, both of my pregnancies were great. Like I um, I don't know, you know, everyone's very different, but I loved being pregnant. Like that was no problem. That was fabulous. I felt good the whole time. I mean, you know, besides the yeah exhaustion and nausea at the beginning, but you know, never threw up. felt was able to stay really active. Like it, it pregnancy was fabulous. And um, I think that was part of my problem was that mm-hmm. pregnancy was so easy. And I mean, I had a lot of anxiety about. Birth and you know how my life would change, but yeah. it was all kind of wonderful, you know. So it was just like this this great time. And my birth with my daughter, my first, um, was really really traumatic, you know. And, and I know so many women have had this happen, but I had one idea of how it would go, and what you know, I did hypnobirthing, and I did all this kind of training and reading about what I hoped for. And um, you know, I'm a yoga teacher, and I'm kind of in that community where you. Trust your body. You know, you're you're taught to trust your body. You trust that your body knows best, and your body knows what it needs to do. And I think I came to childbirth with that mentality. And frankly, I came into motherhood kind of feeling like there was going to be this knowing from within that would make it easier. Yeah. And and my birth was, I mean, her birth was was really really traumatic for me. You know, it went went nothing like I'd expected. I was in labor for 36 hours, and I I was. I didn't want any interventions, you know, again, blah, 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 for all these reasons, which I'm totally, you know, I understand why people want that. Yes, 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 absolutely. But I had this idea of what I wanted, and um, so I labored, I had back labor, and I labored without any pain medication for like 25, 26 hours until they said, you know, if you don't get an epidural, you're going to have to have an emergency C-section, your body needs to rest got an epidural, and it only worked on half of my body. Oh. So <laughs> I was still having labor on the other side, but I couldn't move. And by the end, you know, it was like her heart rate started dropping, and they had to use the um, the suction to get her out. And it was like an ER episode with lights and blood and doctors. And it was, you know, just everything I hadn't wanted. And I really think that moment informed my whole first year or two of parenting, of mothering, Um, because it was so traumatic. It was so different than what I had expected. And it left me, you know, I was very injured. I had a really horrible tearing and I had to sit on, you know, a little donut for like a month and a half and I could hardly walk at first. And um, it, it was just, it was just, I was thrown into it in such a traumatic way. And I know traumatic sounds really dramatic, but it, it felt that way. I, I mean, not, yeah. Yeah. And it's I said, not. you know, right after I said to my midwife, like, I will never have another child. I cannot do that ever again, you know. So all that to say, that was my first moment of motherhood.
0: You know sort of set the tone for
1: Yeah. Of like this is not what I thought. This is mm-hmm. not what I felt like I'd been told was gonna happen. What I, I thought my body could do something different. I thought I could do something natural and different. And of course that wasn't what happened. So, um, you know, I, my, my second was totally different. It was very healing. It was exactly what I wanted. It was fast and much better. And, you know, it was, it was, I'm so thankful that mm-hmm. I eventually did have a second and that it, it kind of, not that it erased, but that it, um, it gave me a very healing experience. But I think, you know, I think go, starting motherhood with this very intense experience that was not what you'd expected. And then moving into, as we all know, the first year of motherhood, which is also not what you expect for most people. (laughs) Um, And I had really bad postpartum anxiety and really bad postpartum rage and all of these things that, you know, I didn't – even though I knew I was looking for them, I knew about them, I think when you're in it sometimes, you don't – it's just so hard to recognize it, you know, and I would tell my doctors and everyone that I was fine. And so – I mean, I think it was all caused by, of course, not sleeping, right, which we can talk about, <laughs> but um, my daughter was like just the most horrific sleeper you could ever imagine until about fourteen months, and we still struggle with it, you know now, yeah. um, but so, I think all of that just made the first year of motherhood not even to bring in societal you know dynamics and relationship dynamics and everything working mother dynamics, all of that, um that first year was just really hard, and I think I'm still kind of recovering from it, you know, five almost six years later. <laughs>
0: How, like, yeah, so the biggest struggle, you mentioned a couple different things, but yeah. the lack of sleep, like, mm-hmm. running on that lack of sleep, would you say that that was the biggest struggle that you had?
1: Yeah, it was. I mean, breastfeeding was, like, luck- I'm very lucky breastfeeding came really easily to me, so that was, mm-hmm. that was, like, I always tell people that was my one win. <laughs> like, that was yeah. my one win in our first year you of my life. You deserved it by the sound of <laughs> it. You, yeah. <laughs> You that was my around. lifeline. Like, yeah. okay. So that was good. But going along with that, she never took a bottle ever. So that was another huge thing was that I, my husband couldn't soothe her. Mm-hmm. I could hardly be away from her very long in the beginning. Um, and even when, you know, she went to daycare later on, um, you know, she wouldn't take a bottle there. So I'd have to go pick her up early or I'd have to go feed. I mean, it was just, it was crazy, you know? Yeah. And so, um, yeah, but but so all of that, but mostly the sleep is what I think made all of that so much more challenging, you know, is that, that I, I was trying to, I mean, I was trying to run my businesses and I was trying to um, to (laughs) work and yeah. Yeah. And it was like, I, I had no, I had very little childcare. I had no sleep and I, I'm an anxious person anyway. And, and I was, I had total anxiety before having a kid. And so it was just, I became totally fixated and totally obsessed with sleep. Like, not my sleep, but my daughter's. Like, the times and the patterns and the minutes and the, how long has she been awake and how long has she been sleeping and the time, I mean, I had charts and, you know, apps. And I think a lot of mothers do that now because we have so much information, which can be good and bad. Um, But it, it became this, you know, total obsession. And it was where I put every ounce of my anxiety about motherhood. And I felt like it was all my fault. And, you know, it's just... There was so much there, yeah.
0: <laughs> I felt yeah, I can relate to that. I felt I didn't feel like I was a super anxious person before motherhood, and I mean, I had some anxieties, but afterwards, mm-hmm. I just feel like it's been a huge change. And yeah. we had a move overseas as well, sort of in the middle of like the first year of my child's life, and and that just really like amped up the anxiety for me as well. So
1: yeah, all of this stuff is is I think for me is like this is the kind of stuff that you hear about. You know, people mention like, oh, postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety. It's very common. Or, oh yeah, you get your sleep while you can. Or, oh, breastfeeding can be hard. You know, whatever it may be, you hear about it, but then you're living it and you're not just living it with one thing. You're, you know, it's not just the sleep or just the, you know, anxiety or whatever. It's all of it. And it compounds and it's so much heavier and so much more intense than you could ever be prepared for. and. You know, I I don't know if because we used to live maybe in villages where you saw it more closely or you had people taking your babies for you or, you know what, but it just seems to me from all the moms I talk to and and my work and all my friends, like, it just seems like every mother I know is, is feeling this feeling of no matter how much you love being a mother of like, wait, this is too much, (laughs) you know? And so that's, that's what I think that first year does for so many people. It's like, it's just like, you just get thrown into the fire and it's a total shock to the system.
0: And. And what helped you get through it? So for me, like the first episode of the podcast, we talked about pandemic pregnancies, which I, I, yeah, I actually, if I do the math, were you a pandemic pregnancy? Well, no. So he was six months. Yeah. Yeah. I was postpartum. Postpartum pandemic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Therapy was a huge thing for me before um, after I got pregnant and then the pandemic started very soon after that. Um, so I was doing I was going to therapy and then everything went online which totally changed things for me. It was just mm-hmm. not something that I could really connect with. So I stopped and then after after I had my son Oscar and we moved to Europe, I started going again and then another wave of pandemic hit and and everything went online again and but I it's so important. that piece was so important for me and I just want to know what helped you get through that first year yeah. and, and these, you know, difficult years.
1: Well, you know, therapy, I also am a huge proponent of therapy and have been in therapy on and off my whole life. But, um, you know, I really don't feel like the first year I had enough resources. I actually mm-hmm. looking back, you know, I think yeah. with my second, I had them all in place. And I think a huge part of that for me was, I, f- I think I really isolated myself my first year of motherhood. Um, without meaning to, but it was right. because I was so overwhelmed that I didn't have much of a social life anymore. You know, I've always had been really close to my friends, but I I kind of stopped doing things. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't go out in the evenings. I couldn't go away from my daughter for more than two hours. You know, it yeah. was like, it was rough, but um, I really isolated myself from friendships and from my support system. And I think that in retrospect, that was a huge part of the problem, you know, for me yeah. um, personally. And I think my second, you know, I have so much, such a better um, support system now, especially of, of mom friends, you know, which is, yeah. it took me a while to find them. Um, but that has been a game changer. So that, you know, I think I have to say, like, I besides therapy, I didn't really have enough resources my first go round.
0: And like, so did you use? You're a yoga instructor as well. Did you use yoga as an outlet to help you, or like when yeah, you could? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I did. And, you know, I mean, I will say, yeah, I mean, physical moving my body has always been huge. So, yeah, the first year, I mean, my daughter's life, I did do, I would, we don't a walk every single day. I'm a big, like, I love being outside. So I would go on a walk every day. I mean, I remember in the snow, like, we would just be walking in this neighborhood and, with a stroller. Like, so I, that was huge. And yes, I did, um, I did do yoga as much as I could. I mean, I was still teaching it too. So that, although teaching is different than practicing yourself, I was able to, you know, at least be away and have some quiet and kind of, um more, kind of being more in the present moment, you yeah. know, for very booked parts of time. Right. Um, and I also, you know, I did this little, like, I, I still do it. It's called Mama Strong. It's a um, 15 minute a day workout. Oh, that sounds I mean, good. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And it's, it's just a video workout, but um, it's run by a woman who is a mother of three and she's, you know, she has her kids coming in while she's working out and all this stuff. And so, doing stuff like that. Like I did that almost every day the first year of her life. And it was, I would, you know, she would be napping and I would go run and and do my 15 minute workout. And so, you know, moving my body was definitely a huge lifeline for me and always has been something that really helps me release, you know, stress. But
0: yeah, exercise, that's something that I have a lot of just guilt, I guess, for myself that I'm I'm not getting out. I'm not like my son is 17 months old. I'm not mm-hmm. um, doing enough for myself. I should have gotten to a point by now where I've figured out how to have a life again. And the pandemic is, you know, winding down. And yeah, that's that's been a huge struggle. But then I something that you just said, like, I literally go for a stroller walk every day with my son multiple times. And yeah, that's and, huge. Yeah. We just don't give ourselves enough credit often yeah. as moms. Like, you know, we're trying so hard. We're doing all the things, trying to do all yeah. the things. And yeah. yeah, we're just doing the best we can. And
1: yeah. And those walks, I mean, really don't discount a walk, you know, exactly. that is moving your body. That exactly. Is outside. That's good for you and your baby. Like, yeah. and I really, there were, there's been a lot of times where, especially during the pandemic where like, that was the main thing I did every day. It was like an hour long walk. Like we got out and we did that. And then that's, we're going to do I mean, it. That's, that's enough. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
0: Okay. I want to switch gears here and I want to uh, talk about the many different hats that you wear in your businesses. So can you tell me a little bit about your business and then tell me how on earth you've managed all of these different moving pieces as a mom of two?
1: <laughs> well, you know, it's it's interesting because I, I've been kind of, you know, I called myself a solopreneur for a long yeah. time before I was a mom, um, but I've been working for myself or kind of making my own way for like over ten years now, so yeah. the good news is it wasn't like I had kids and then decided to work for myself. Like I already had all this in place, yeah. which made it both easier and harder, I think. Um, but I started, you know i I started kind of my career, I guess. You know, it's all been evolving. But I'm an artist, and I, I was a yoga teacher, and so I started out over ten years ago with the idea that like I'll quit my full time job and I will teach yoga and do art on the side, and like that's kind of how I'm gonna make things work. And that evolved. You know, I started a blog along the way and that blog in making that blog, I kind of taught myself how to design websites and taught myself more about logo design and, you know, long meandering (laughs) way to say that I started eventually a design graphic design business, which is called starstruck design studio. Um, and so I was doing that as that and teaching yoga as my primary source of income before having my daughter. So, um, I was able I have a friend who works with me who works for me and she was able to take on the business while I took my own maternity leave okay as we all know it was unpaid I was gonna I was ask not about paying this, myself yeah. <laughs> yeah so she covered for me at least so our clients were being served as if, as needed while I was out um but but yeah so I, I I've you know it, it's all been kind of evolving so then I through all of this as a yoga teacher and as a graphic designer you know I had an Instagram my own just personal Instagram. And during the beginning of, well, right actually right before the pandemic, I um, just posted, I had this idea for just like this funny little drawing I wanted to do. I mean, it was like, you know, I had no, there was nothing in my head except for like, this would be a fun thing to put up. So I drew a little comic and I put it up. And um, I had been posting very regularly to my personal, just as a part of growing my kind of yoga and design business. And um, it just really struck a chord with a lot of my followers. Again, this is like my very small, you know, 2,000 people or whatever. <laughs> um, but, but it struck a chord with them and people really liked it. And I had a lot of fun making it. And so I started just making these little, they were really more just like little, I didn't even call them comics at the time, but just like silly little kind of drawings that made some little joke about motherhood. And um, then the pandemic hit. And this <laughs> something that had been my just like, things got real. what happens. <laughs> yeah, things got real. And it became like a, my creative outlet. It was like yeah. my way to connect with people, my creative outlet, my way to kind of say like what is happening, you know, in, a, in kind of just a, a little um, creative way. So I started doing those during the pandemic. And I was just posting them to my personal um, feed for – To
0: friends and family and –
1: Yeah, yeah. And my – Clients you know, and yoga. customers. Yeah. yeah, totally. And a lot of my, you know, a lot of my followers at that point, again, my like – friends and family type followers were fellow yoga. A lot of my yoga students or yoga teachers or my clients who were, you know, a lot of them are women and of a similar age. So there were a lot of moms there anyway. Um, And so that, I did that for like a year on my personal feed, but I was noticing that every time I posted a comic, um, it would get like, you know, it would go like not viral the way I know viral now, but for me it would go like, you know, be shared a ton, but I would not be getting any new followers. So I think people would pop over to my account and they would see that it was just like, picture of my kids or me like yoga. So they would be like, I'm not gonna follow this. So at some point, I think it was was July of last year, I decided I'm just going to make this its own feed and just see what happens. because I'm having so much fun doing it. They're really, you know, they're gaining so much traction and people really like them. And, you know, kind of the rest is history. I mean, I made that in it very quickly. So um, this, this,
0: (laughs) this happened less than a year ago, like the creating of the actual on its own independent at mom life, like mom life comics. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, It
1: happened in July. Yeah. And the thing is, you know, that is totally, I mean, this is how my career has been since the beginning, right? Like it's totally been evolving. I, I mean, when I first started working as a yoga teacher, I was teaching 17 classes a week and now I'm teaching two, you know, like, yeah. so as, as you know, my graphic design business grew and then now this is growing and, and the comics are now becoming, a lot of people are reaching out to me for, you know, custom comics or a lot of brands want to work with me. And so this is a whole new avenue. But I think what I've learned as like a, a kind of a creative entrepreneur is, is that it's constantly like if if you're a creative person who is always getting involved in new things whether it's podcasts or whether it's you know art or graphic design um it's always changing and so i've i've really learned to i mean i love that but it's a constant evolution and trying to figure out like how do i make this work with my life which has been a big challenge (laughs) you have to
0: go with the flow and you have to yeah go with what's what's working and what you're having a good time what's connecting with people yeah Yeah. which so i read on your page that the mission of mom life comics is (laughs) To help moms and women in general feel less alone and to point out the inequality in our society when it comes to the mental loads mothers carry. So the first time that I stumbled onto your account, Mm -hmm. it was just so, so crazy to scroll through your feed and to read the captions that you had posted because everything that you were saying was so aligned with what I wanted to be doing with this podcast. And Mm -hmm. the mission of the podcast is to normalize talking about the struggles and the shared experiences of motherhood because, as you said, there's just nothing that prepares you for for motherhood until you're actually in it. And then you're just like, what is going on in my life yeah. right now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's times that I felt really, really alone throughout my motherhood journey, even with support, you know, around me, um, mm-hmm. even surrounded by other moms in my life that I just felt like I was going through a lot of things alone. And that's what's inspired me to create this podcast and mm-hmm. to to reach out to people like you. I'm so glad that I was able to reach out to you and that you were available to come on the podcast and talk because, What I really wanted to do was to build a new or maybe rather like an adjoining uh, space where women and moms who are struggling and just need an outlet or someone to vent to or someone, you know, a comic to find on Instagram and go, oh, my God, it's not just me. It's not just me. Thank God it's not just me. So even though I just very recently discovered your account, it just reinforces to me how important communities like this are for moms. And I know now, now that I'm sort of in it and and trying to create something small myself, when you go and you intentionally search for this specific type of, you know, mom supporting moms and, and talking yeah. about the like WTF moments or the realities and not in like a this is a scary thing and I don't want to do that or I don't recommend that you do that kind of way, but in a like this is real. And there's people that you can talk to about these experiences. So
1: yeah. yeah. And I think that comes back to the guilt thing too. And the, you know, I think so many moms blame themselves or they, they think that there's something wrong with them as yeah. a mother, cause this is so hard or this is not what they expected or they're feeling so overwhelmed. Right. Or they feel like they're dropping balls. And I think it's so easy to just be like, well, it must be me. Like I'm the problem. Clearly I'm the, you know, everyone else seems to be doing it. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's for me, like I think I've struggled so much with mom guilt and clearly I've learned very quickly that so does every other mom in the whole world. (laughs) And I think so many of us, because we think that we're failing at this and we think that we're failing at providing our kids, the type of, you know, childhood that we think we should be providing them because of this kind of falsehood that we've been taught by our culture. And so- for me, that's a huge part of what I want to do. And it sounds like what you want to do too, is like to let moms know that they're not failing, like that this is just really hard and that doing your best is enough, you know, which I think easier said than done. Obviously I'm working on that myself, but
0: yeah. So speaking about mom guilt, the mom guilt comic that you created um, and I, and was taken down off Instagram and then put back (laughs) up by you. um, That was the first comic of yours that I shared on my, Mm -hmm. it was just, I, I saw it and I was just drawn to like post mm-hmm. this to my to my followers as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, my friends and family, I should say. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, yeah. yeah, No, no, no. But um, yeah. And then reposted it again after it was taken down because I, mm-hmm. I it was just something that I felt so strongly about. Like it made me ragey that, you know, yeah. that. And so what prompted you to create that comic? And yeah. how did you reach out and get the type of feedback? And were you just overwhelmed by the amount of responses that you got? And yeah. Yes. Tell me a little bit more about that.
1: So I've, I ask a lot of questions, you know, to my now very large community, which again is so new to me. I mean, this is like yeah. <laughs> within a matter of three months, like everything has changed. So, um, but I've been asking a lot of questions about motherhood and I, you know, I don't remember if I put up a comic about guilt, like just a very small one about guilt. I think that's what it was. i put up a, a comic about the cycle of mom guilt and it was just really about based on my own life. And it was, you know, people were just. There were so many comments and so many messages about it, and so I put something in my um, in my story about, you know, do you struggle with mom guilt too? If so, about what? It was a very open ended question, and I have never ever received. I mean, it was like thousands upon thousands.
0: That was yes, like
1: <laughs> yes. Of, of responses, and they were like people literally just listing. Every single aspect of motherhood. It was like there wasn't a single aspect that wasn't listed by tons and tons of people. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't just like, oh, yeah, we're all struggling with, you know, screen time guilt. It was like we're all struggling with guilt about what we're feeding our kids, how we're spending their time, screen time, working, not working. I mean, it's like literally every aspect of motherhood. People feel guilty about it. Yeah. And so it was – you know, my husband's always, even even before I was a mom, he's always said, you operate out of guilt. Everything you do is because you feel guilty. And so, like, I think it's a very female, or I guess I should say, female in our patriarchy. Yeah. Right? Like, it's a, that's that's kind of, I think, a part, a product. We're, we're all feeling guilty because we don't think we're living up to this false expectations of the society has of us as women. But I think also then it's heightened or multiplied times a thousand when you become a mom, because then of course there's all these societal expectations of mothers that are completely fake, you know, that's impossible, these mm-hmm. standards. And so I think when I got those responses and I saw just how many people from literally all over the world, or you like, cause I thought it was very much like a, maybe a, you know, a Western mom thing. Right. But, but I mean, women from everywhere were messaging me like no we struggle with that here yeah I live here we struggle with it here I mean it was just everywhere there was like no continent that I didn't hear from moms you know from saying like yes 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 this us too and so I think for me that was when I realized that this is like such a huge issue and I frankly I think that
0: guilt is like really really holding moms back I also want to talk about the comparison trap. And so I think that it can go in two directions. So we compare ourselves to each other and we think, like you said in your comic, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not doing enough of this or I'm doing too much of that or too little of this. But I also think that as moms, something that we do is we compare ourselves to each other. And when someone is really struggling in one capacity, whatever it be, like their child is not sleeping or, Mm -hmm. um, they're not able to feed their child, whatever way they choose to feed their child, but they're really struggling with that. If I, as a mother, am not experiencing that personal struggle myself, then I, I also feel guilty. I, I have mom guilt about like, well, I'm, I'm struggling also, but I don't have it as rough as that mother. And so you know, then I just don't want to talk about it. I don't want to tell people about it because I I feel guilty that I'm having stress or that I can't cope because I think I should be because my child's sleeping better or my child is eating better or, or, or it's just.
1: Yes. And you see moms who have really chronically ill children or, you know, moms who, I mean, there's so many, you know, there's so many things you can constantly compare yourself to, to to say like, well, I don't have it that bad. And I think that's the other trap. I think you're totally right. You know, because it's, there's so many, there's so many sides to comparison. It's like, no matter what, you can find someone who's always gonna make you feel bad about everything you're doing in either direction, good or bad. Yeah. You know? And yeah, like, cause you can also say, like, well, you know what? I feel like, I mean, and I've I've dealt with this a lot. Like, I'm I'm am I'm a super privileged white woman and I'm complaining about not getting sleep. Like, woe is me. You know? Because yeah. there is that dynamic of it, right? Like, there are people in war-torn countries. There are people who are homeless with their children. Like, how can I? complain about this. Right. You know, I think there's also that. And I think not just about motherhood, you can do that about any part of, you know, your life if you're a person who is very privileged. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that that's, that's part of this, this trap, I think. And I think, you know, again, that in our society, women are kind of just taught to I don't know. We're, we're not to take up too much space, and I think part of that is not to take up too much space with any of our emotions, you know, whether it be guilt or whether it be joy or what—I mean, any of it, you yeah. know. And so,
0: oh man, yeah. I don't
1: know. It's really complicated. It's really
0: complicated. Yeah. Okay. So we talked about earlier how you have recently had an enormous growth in following <laughs> in mm-hmm. followers yeah. of mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. of the Instagram account. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about how it happened and what kind of an impact it's had? In the yeah. last month or whatnot on you, on your business, on your family.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's been insane. <laughs> so yes, like you already said, I mean, I think I had like around 15,000 followers. And then I had this one comic. It's, I did a double standards of parenting comic. Yes. So it talks. <laughs> Um, you know, some people Tell probably see it, it, but it, yeah. yeah, but it really, it would, it would be two, two pa- a mom and a dad doing the exact same thing in each panel and on, you know, the mom would be labeled in one way and the dad would be labeled in another. So, um, you know, a mom and a dad both walking their child, you know, in a stroller on their phone and the dad is, you know, is seen as a super involved dad and the mom is seen as a, as a you know, a totally... Um, uninterested, disconnected. I forget, uh, yeah, disconnected, yeah. mom. I, I don't even remember the words. I you know, I spent a really long time deciding what <laughs> words to use. Um, but same thing. Like there's a picture of a mom reading to a kid, and that's called parenting or mothering. And then there's a dad reading to his kid, and that's called babysitting. You know, and and so it was really just. Trying to bring, you know, there' a one about working mom versus uninvolved dad, right? Like, so a dad who's in his suit dropping his kid off at work at school is involved, and a mom who's dropping her kid off at school in a suit is a working mom, right. right? So, like, just these ideas that our society completely treats women, moms, and, and dads differently. Um, obviously, I know there's a whole spectrum here that I'm not discussing, but this was, you know, the generalizations. Um, and so that comic, which you know, I'd actually been thinking about that comic for months, and I've been trying to really think about how to say it the way I wanted to say it, and I knew it would be a popular one, but I had hadn't obviously had no idea that it would go viral. And so what happened was it was one of my most popular right away. And then Huffington Post, um, a reporter reached oh, out okay. about doing a piece about it. Yeah. And so I, I said, yeah. And I thought, again, like, I remember telling my dad, like, Huffington Post reached out. They're going to do an article about one of my comics. And he was like, what? And I was like, I don't think it's a big deal. Like, I think it's just going to be like, you know, probably like a roundup of comics about parenting. And then it came out, and it was like a feature kind of article. And again, wow. I still didn't know that that would have an impact. But I guess news outlets all over the world pick up things. You know, I don't know. how. I didn't know how all this worked, but they all picked it up. So viral. news outlets <laughs> all over the place. Yeah, and that's what makes things go viral. And then it got – I mean, it's still – I'm still getting tagged every day – all the time, uh, by, by that comment, people sharing it in other languages. Wow. I mean, it's like still, you know, and it was really crazy because it went really viral in like Brazil and Turkey, and so like, you know, now my followers, like a big percentage of my followers, live in, you know, in Brazil or in Istanbul. Like, it's, it's just, it's wow, that's wild, so
0: crazy, yeah,
1: yeah. So I was able to kind of see what the viral. I mean, I just never understood what viral really meant. Now I understand. It's insane. It. <laughs> um, but it was really exciting and very, very overwhelming. And yeah, I, think, I can imagine. The overwhelming part was because it wasn't like I was going viral for, like, a cute dog. It was, like, something that kind of pisses people off, you know? And so, I mean, I think mostly it was women saying – and moms saying, like, oh, my gosh, yes. I mean, that was the majority of the responses I got. But, of course, there were a lot of angry dads, angry men. And I think it was mostly people who, because I said in the post, you know, the problem with something going viral, right, is you lose your caption. (laughs) So like my caption was like, this is not about dads. This is not about, you know, this is about society. How our society labels parents. This has nothing to do about whether or not dads are good dads. You know, this is a problem. And frankly, I think it hurts dads just as much as it hurts moms, you know? So I had said that in my caption, but of course that was lost. So then, you know, somebody sharing it in some other country, just with the pictures, things I'm saying, dad's babysitting. Yeah. And mom's not. And so there was a lot of really angry men saying like that that you know this maybe in the 1950s but that's not a, not the case now i mean i had one person email me saying that they you know hoped i would die like just ridiculous stuff so yeah like oh my God. just yeah like and saying like you're the problem with women in the world and just so i got some really crazy stuff which that stuff didn't actually bother me very much i mean at first it did but then quickly i was like okay these people are crazy unhinged and not understanding but it was the people it was the the moms or the women who would like drop in and say something that I mean, this is like, I think a classic thing with with a lot of women, but like my insecurities. Like, if they would say something that would, that would like touch on an insecurity I already have oh, okay. about mothering or something. And I can't even think of an example right now, but the, the, and same with it continues. I mean, I still have people who drop into my, you know, people who s- get angry at my posts all the time now because, you know, so many people are seeing them.
0: I have a follow up <laughs> yes, Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but it's when they touch on my insecurities where it's like something that I already were, like, I write a ball about my husband mm-hmm. and I'm always worried that people are going to think that, like, we have a horrible relationship and I hate him, which is not the case. Yeah. But when someone says something about like that, I'm already worried they're going to think that. I'm always constantly saying stuff about like, this is not about my husband. This is about, you know, he's an example of what happens in couples all over the world because of blah, blah, blah. So, you know, it's those kind of things. It's when people say like, your husband sucks and and you should divorce him.
0: (laughs) And for the listener, if you read in on Mary Catherine's captions on her Instagram account, like she talks a lot about how her husband is like a really good sport about Anything she posts, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: He gets. It. I mean, he gets that. I am mean, because and I always, you know, I'll show him stuff, and he laughs at a lot of it. You know, he knows because he sees, like, yeah, this is crazy, and this is like the fact that these double standards. Because again, they exist in our relationship. They exist in in and how we operate in the household. And it's not just the double standards, but it's you know the mount that I'm carrying that he's not, and he he sees it. And I think it's. I say this in all my captions. It's not his fault. I think it's the way that society and the way that we are raised and what we see, like all of that. is is imprinted on us. And when we become parents, whether or not you want to be a total egalitarian relationship or not, which we did, we went into everything. And before we had kids, we were super equal. I mean, he did all of our cooking. He did all of our grocery shopping. Like we both did our own laundry. Like everything was very equal. And then we had kids and here we are and nothing's equal. And I'm doing everything, it feels like. And he sees that, you know, we're working on it. But my comics are going to show that. And it can look like I'm throwing him under the bus, but I'm not. I mean, he's, you know... I I show them every single thing I put up before I put it up. But so going back to the comments, like it's the people who comment about that and they touch on something I was already worried about, which is that I don't want people to think that I'm throwing my hunts out of the bus. Right. You know, so those are the ones that get to me.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Coming back to what you were talking about with the sort of insecurities, people hitting on those. So ever since I was little, my family have told me that I have long toes and that they're easily stepped on, and I hate when people say that. But in other words, they're saying that I get upset easily. And as a mom, I find that I am even more susceptible to highs and lows. <laughs> and I wanted to ask with an increase in followers, mm-hmm. as you've said, comes an increase in trolls and mm-hmm. negativity. And and I see some of the, the um, things that you put up on your stories or whatnot, like mm-hmm. before, you know, you come at me, here's the context of this post that I'm putting up, you know, since this large, large, large growth that you've had. Mm-hmm. So how are you coping with that? How do you take the good in and leave the bad out or cast it aside
1: well as with most people i'm i focus in on the one negative out of thousands yeah of of course course. (laughs) um so i'm really working on that i mean again like it's super easy for me to throw out the just crazy trolls right or the people who just have no context and clearly didn't read it and just are like saying something horrible right like i'm i'm not really phased by them anymore okay um but it's the people who are well-meaning who comment and say something that really ruffles my feathers that actually really get under my skin. You know, like the, the mom, the women or the moms who are writing, like when all these people, when all these people are saying, yes, me too, my husband too, or my child too, or my sleep issues too. And they come in and they say something like, I feel so sorry for all of you. Like my husband is this, like, what's wrong with all of you? Why can't you leave her husbands? Or, right, you know, uh, why would you accept something like this? Or, you know, why can't you, why don't you know you deserve better? And it's like, You're not understanding. You know, that's where, so I think for me, it's more, I get more worked up internally about the people who aren't understanding what I'm trying to say. And that's again, like something I'm going to have to let go of because it's only going to keep growing and it's only going to be more and more people who don't get it, you know, Yeah. but the people I'm making it for the people who get it. And that's the majority of the people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's just, you know, but, but I'm, I think the, I'm, I've started really ignoring a lot of that. Like I don't even engage. I don't even respond. If I get something really hateful, I, I just delete it right away. Like okay. I don't even look at it. Um, so that's been a huge, that's healthy. Thing. <laughs> that's <laughs> healthy. <helpful>. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. So what are your plans for the future for, for your business for mom life comics?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, something so crazy about going viral is that like, I have had to get an agent and people have, have you know, publishers have reached out about writing a book and wow. stuff. And so that's, That's so exciting. Yeah, it's very exciting. Yeah. And it's, again, like something – in my back of my mind, it was always like, maybe in like 10 to 15 years, I could write a book. And now it's like it's happening much quicker. Um, but I found an agent who is a mom and who was like, we're not going to rush this. I don't know how you would ever write a book right now. You're way too overwhelmed and busy. So like Sounds if it smart. takes you 10 years to write a book. Yeah, she was like really wonderful. So I am very, very, very slowly starting the book writing process, which, again, is probably going to take me a super long time. And um, and yeah, I'm right now, I'm just kind of continuing to follow this path wherever it goes. I mean, it's, it's, again, like uncharted territory. And I think I'm having a hard time figuring out, you know, what my life will look like in a few months. Like I'm having to, you know, I still have my graphic design business and I still love it. And I have tons of clients who I love and um, I only have so much childcare, as every mom understands, right? yeah. <laughs> only so much work time. So I'm just trying to kind of figure out how to, how to make it all work. And I mean, I think I'll, I'll be able to, but it's going to be a learning curve for
0: sure. Well, wow, I'm really <laughs> excited for you. It's... Exciting things ahead! Lots of things. Um, Thank you. Okay, if you could go back five years and tell okay. yourself anything at all in that first few months of motherhood, what would you what would you say? And what would you say to the struggling mom right now mm-hmm. who just feels lost and feels alone yeah. in their in their own story?
1: I think I have a few things. Okay, one, I would. I mean, I'd want to somehow tell myself to be gentler with myself, which. That's kind of hard. You know, I don't know if it would actually get through to the five-year-ago me, but I really wish I could have been less hard on myself um, through all of that first year. But I think two things. One is I would tell myself to find, to make more of an effort to like find a a mom friend group. I know people call it like a mom tribe, whatever, but to find that um, in-person local mom community to make me feel less alone because that has been such a game changer for me. And I really didn't, I didn't make it a priority for a long time. So that would be one thing. Um, and I think the other thing, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's so, it's so hard, but I think my other thing would be to get my husband way more involved in like the day-to-day running of the or raising of the children, you know, like the, the day-to-day logistics, because I, you know, I, I wrote a whole comic about this recently, so I won't go on and on about it, but you know, he had to go back to work earlier than I did because I work for myself. I able to, was able to make, Change my schedule so that I was really the one handling all of the stuff with our kids, and that's created a real dynamic of favoritism. Mm. And our kids both want me for everything, and and it's made it really hard for him to take on more of the stuff that is overwhelming for me. So, you know, I think I I wish I'd known more about how to handle that early on.
0: Oh yeah, that's that's great advice. I hope I hope that (laughs) some (laughs) I hope that somebody who's listening can can take that advice and apply it in their lives. Well, Mary Catherine, I just want to say thank you so much for chatting with me today on the podcast. And I want you to tell me now, again, what is the way that Mm -hmm. they can find and follow you across all of your social media?
1: Yeah, well, so my main, as we already talked about, is Mom Life Comics. So it's... Um, at momlife underscore Comics. Um, my website is MaryCatherineStar S T A R R, two R's, two, <laughs> two R's for my last name. Um, and you know I'm not really active on Facebook anymore, so it's mostly Instagram. And I mean, I have a I have a personal Instagram as well. Um, which is just my name at Mary Catherine Star. Okay. But, um, yeah, that's where people can find me.
0: Okay, and yeah, you are literally the illustrator of my internal dialogue as a mother. So I'm just really, really happy that I stumbled into your corner of Instagram, and I hope that somebody who's listening today jumps on the train and, and starts following you as well. Um, Because oh, I, I
1: and can I just say, I hope I hope I didn't sound. I, I'm always worried. I don't want any mothers to feel like I um, sound too negative about motherhood because I, I know it goes without saying, but. It mom my guilt absolute favorite thing in the world yes yeah. let me just say i love being a mother more than anything yeah. so i just want that to be clear
0: <laughs> it is it is it is to me yeah thanks yeah. thanks again so much and all the best to you and your family mary Catherine. thank you so much all right moms if you haven't already do yourself a favor and go follow the mom life comics instagram account just open the app and type it in right now you won't be sorry I think that the more we share our truths, our frustrations, our worries, and our rage-spiral-inducing moments with each other, the more we can start to see how alike we all are and find healthy ways to cope and support one another through them. If you liked what you've heard today, please follow my very simple two-step plan. Step one, subscribe to the podcast. You'll be notified when new episodes drop, and you can listen in each week as we go through more common motherhood struggles and discover new tips and tools for navigating this crazy motherhood ride. Step two, share this episode with one other mom today. I want this podcast to find its way into as many ears as possible so that nobody has to feel like they are doing motherhood alone. All right, that's all for today, mamas. Until next time. Hey, Mama, thanks so much for listening to today's episode of the Raise Your Hand Motherhood podcast. I made it for you, so I hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button so we can hang out together again soon.